Yeah, so welcome, everybody. So, Drew, you are actually my first guest on the podcast. So I I actually did a introductory podcast by myself for, it, it was about a 20-minute to a half-hour podcast mm-hmm. um, just by myself, which was an introductory thing that, that, that talks about a little bit about why why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, and basically what prompted me to, you know, what prompted me to do what I'm doing is, you know, just a, a emotional and mental outlet. Um, you know, the, for a lot of people that, that I've talked to that have gone through, you know, tough times in the past and, um, you know, a lot of them, they've gone through emotional and mental rough patches. Um, a lot, some of them went through it during COVID. Some of them went through it when they're mid twenties and in their early thirties, me, unfortunately, I went through it last year. So I'm fairly new to hiding in a corner and basically going through some of those days where it was like literally just one of those days where going through some of those days where it was like, hey, if I don't wake up tomorrow, like I really would not be disappointed. Um, Unfortunately for me, I'm in a position where I can't do that. I'm married and I have three kids. And right. I am the primary breadwinner. Um, last year, I did not work. I had a couple consulting gigs. Um, I did get a job right towards the end of the year. Um, but it was like, dude, for that full year, I mean, I was just like lost. And yeah. I didn't know what to do. And I'm looking at my kids and I'm just like, I tried different consulting things. I tried a cookie business. I tried different types of things and it was just like failure after failure. And I have, or at at, at the time last year, like I had 13 years of finance experience. I had the last corporate position I had before I started um, the cannabis company. I had done, I I left a role as a senior finance manager. And then when I was doing the the distribution company, I was the CFO for six years wow. and doing all the finance stuff. So I had 13 years of, of high level finance experience and I worded the resume so that nobody could really tell that I owned and ran a business. It looked like I had 13 straight right. years of finance. Nobody would call me back. Nobody would grant me interviews. Nobody. And I was just like, am I not as good as I think I am? You know, am I, am I broke? And, and life just broke me. And it was day after day after day. I just would wake up, apply to 50 to a hundred jobs. I would call recruiters and I would go on video games and then I would pay, pick my kids up. And they would see me and I was just like, my kids are seeing me. And, and then it like gets to your psyche and it's like, is this like, then what are my kids thinking of? And it was just, it, it, like, it just, I was, I was broken and it, it just got to the point where, like I said, like there were just days where I would tell my wife, I'd be like, I don't know how I can make it through the day. Yeah. And, and it was, it was rough. It it was rough. Like I would call friends and I would call, you know, I I would call anybody and everybody that I could. And, and it was just like, you know, and I started to hear stories about people that like, you know, my wife's cousin, he's 50. And he told me, you know, he was like, Hey, you know, stuff like that happened when I was 40. Like I lost my job and, and, and I, you know, I couldn't figure out how to do it. And, you know, we were worried finance. So, so like I started to hear these little stories and, but I was so focused on, on, you know, just trying to get a job, trying to, trying to get money in, trying to do that. So eventually, like I said, right towards the end of the year, I was able to get a job and, you know, we're still trying to make things work, but I, 
I hit 2024 and I was like, all right, all of us, right. Like all of us, we're all going to be 40. And it was like, okay, I don't want to hit that midlife crisis. I'm I'm not going to, it's the big four. Oh. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do something about it. Like I know there are plenty of my friends that have probably gone through some of this. And I remember at our reunion back in, in 2022, yeah, like, I I just remember like little quips when we were talking to each other that it was like, we were all, when we were in high school, there were a bunch of us that were, I guess you can say, quote unquote, right, normal. Yeah. Right. We we led, we were normal in high school. We had normal lives. Yeah. We went to school. We, we did our homework. We graduated. We walked away. It was normal. But since then, like, we have gone through certain things that some of some of us have gone through certain things that none of us would have thought we each other sure. would have gone through. Like I'm sure you like we're gonna hear today. Like I'm sure you've gone yeah. through stuff. As we know, like like Iris, right? She, she's gone through some big changes. We we yeah. have a lot of different friends that have gone through certain things, yeah. and I was like, what? Let me start with them. And then as as I talk to more and more people, I can branch out to more and more people and just say, when you were in high school, what was it like? Oh, it was normal. I was just some normal kid. Yeah. And then this is what happened. Like shit just changed for me. And then yeah. and then kids ran rampant. Like my brother, he struggled a little bit in high school. And then he dabbled into some drugs and now he's a partner at his law firm. Wow. And nobody would have thought he would have. Yeah. And so, so that's what led me to, mm. to start this, just to give people who, who listen to the podcast or, or who watch the podcast, yeah, you know, just hope that, because there's a lot of it, and and it's not to it's not to move away from those rags to riches stories. Like right. you hear a lot of the the hip hop artists or, or sports players yeah. or business owners and stuff like that 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 right. had gone that had lived rough lives and 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 become something big. Right. But to talk about how there are a vast majority of normal people that do go through rough patches and still come out on top. Yes. So right. that you can go through live life and, and and like people that listen to it can think like, yeah, I'm just an average Joe, but I can still be somebody. Yes. Rather than than be because especially in this world today, like the social media has really has has really skewed a lot of stuff. And what's what I do see getting buried is that that average Joe. Yeah. You know, and again, I'm not taking away from everybody else, but I'm just trying to put in there that hey, the average Joe is there too. And right. we do go through some tough times and we're trying to get some strength and hope out there for for everybody, because Lord knows we we need it, especially in these uh, right these these tough climates out there. So, so how long were you without a job? Let's see. So the the business, so the company was. We realized the company was closing in mid two thousand twenty, and we formulated a, a merger with another company and okay. formulated a management agreement with that other company. And they, in no uncertain terms, they screwed us over. Okay. And right at the end of November of twenty twenty, mm. so it was December the first of December of twenty or sorry twenty twenty two. Got I apologize. 2022. So December, the first of December of 2022, up until the middle of November of this past year. So 2023. So, so for that past year, months. it was, 
Yeah. 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 So for almost an entire year, I was, I was searching for a job and I so, was, you know, taking so out personal that? loans on both of us, mm-hmm. maxing out credit cards, mm-hmm. borrowing money from my parents. You yeah. know, we did, they did owe us some money and we were able to get probably about half of what they owed us. Um, but the other half, they were pretty much like, it got to the point where they pretty much gave us like the middle finger. And, you know, that was the money that my wife and I had pretty much saved Mm. up for buying a house down the line. Uh, So our savings was pretty much tapped out and doubtful. We'll see that again, because to go through attorney's costs and all that, to get that money is just, it's not even worth it. So now that. Now that you are employed again, what's it like um, for you to like get get back to that like mentally healthy place uh, that you were in before December of twenty two? It, it's it's still rough because right. because we're not quite there, you know, and right. that's the tough thing is like is is we it, it's managing where we are versus or where we were versus where we are yeah right you know where life has taken us we i mean when we had you know when we started um you know when i started the company and you know as we were going through certain things right you know things were going good and so we're like when we found out my wife was pregnant with our third we were like hey you know no problem like we can afford it you know and so different lifestyle and then rent was going up because of covid and so it was like hey no problem you know yeah and our whole family lives in orange county hey no problem you know the cost of living in orange county is absorbing it hey no problem and so we pretty much, when I was throwing everything out there to apply, it was like, whatever comes, comes. And so what I'm making, just because I have a job doesn't mean that the job's paying well. Right. And so we're not out of the woods yet. So it's like, I'm, we're living paycheck to paycheck, but that's on borrowed time. Right. You know, so it's not like, it's not like the money we're making right now from this job is going to pay the bills for the foreseeable future. Right. So my wife's out, she's, she's got an interview coming up and, you know, so I think if, depending on, on how things work out with this job and then how things turn out with different things with, with what she's doing and she's got some ideas. And so I think, I think mentally I'm in a comfortable spot because getting the job gets me mentally in the spot of, Hey, I am employable. Yes. Which makes me happy. Yeah. And it shows my kids that, Hey, hard work pays off. Right. But I'm still in the stressful spot of, Hey, I'm still not fully paying the bills and eventually things are going to run out. Right. So I think, I think once I get, once we get to the point where I can look at our budget and say every single paycheck, I can look a year out and say Mm -hmm. all the money's, all the bills are getting paid. Right. And I don't see any red any week from now. Then I'll be a little bit more comfortable and I can say like, okay, mentally I am super comfortable. I'm super excited and I can go to bed at night without any, any, any super stress. And you're not feeling like you're walking on that thin ice that could crack at any moment. Correct. Right. Yeah. 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 And, And we, we have a couple other things that, you know, for, for, certain reasons like I can't talk about just yet yeah. um, down the line, I'll be able to, to converse about them that may buy us some more time and I'll be able to bring those up later. And so yeah. if those come to fruition, which I'm hoping that within the next month or two, they will come to fruition. Yeah. And if they do come to fruition, then 
that will buy us a considerable amount of time and then I'll be able to breathe a lot easier. So yeah. there, there's a lot of things in the works that it's just like, for me, it's like day to day. It's just like, all right, I just have to get through the day, but totally. I have a job. I'm going through the motions and this is doing something like this is something I've always wanted to do because I mean, it, it, the biggest thing is, is I wanted to do this and start this with friends from high school and friends from middle school, because the biggest thing is, is when we were, when I posted everything on Facebook is those friends are the ones that remember who I was. Yeah. Right. And through those 11 months, when I was curled up in a ball, when I was emotional, when I was just, when I, when I just would go to bed and just, you know, it was like, you know, thinking those thoughts, it was like, right. that is not, that is not who I was. That is not, I, I was thinking about last night when I was like, okay, I, I'm talking to Drew and I was like, dude, we've known each other for literally 27 years. Wow. I was thinking, hey, 27 years ago, we were sitting outside Miss King's uh, English class and Joe Vansuch was doing the Don Quixote thing. <laughs> falling off the chair it was like that is who i was that is yeah, who we right. were we were laughing and having a good time yeah and and that is not who i was that year yeah i remember that's why i wanted to have these that's why i wanted to start these with those type of friends because that allows me to have those type of conversations yeah. again reminisce about those times because bringing those conversations back to my the forefront yeah bringing those conversations back to 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 the front of my mind will bring me back to who I was and bring that right. personality back out because I need that Brandon back to to just hit the ground running whether it be the job I have now, whether it be the podcast, whether it be anything yeah. else I'm doing, I need to hit the ground running with my personality yes. because that is what allowed me to take the business that I started in 2018 with no experience in that industry and take it from $0 to a $2.5 million company and run with it off of that experience based on my personality and who I was. Yeah. I need to bring that back. And totally. I lost that confidence over that, those 11 and a half months. And so this was like, okay, if I do that, I think this is, this is like a good start to bring that person back. And so that's what made me really want to get started, especially with this group of friends. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm, I'm so glad. Because the thing that when you're when you're in a, a a dark place like that, for a lot of us, the temptation is, um, uh, I want to stay like I don't want to stay depressed, but I certainly don't want to reach out to anybody. I want to be alone. I want to be sad. I I want to stay curled up in this ball. And the the thing that makes you more depressed is being by yourself, not going outside and not talking to anybody. But when you're depressed, you don't have the motivation mm -hmm. to do the things that will remedy it. And it's this horrible catch 22 where your depression begets more depression and you have to find some catalyst that breaks you out of it. Um, exactly. And with, you know, with money, especially when you're talking about children that you have to support, it's so easy to tie your your worth as a human being to how much money am i am i bringing in and not even a like oh i'm only making five million and joe across the street's making 10 it's am i am i being a good enough husband father am i doing what i should be doing i'm not i feel like a failure and that can really just get you down and turn off your whole string of christmas lights right you you, you unscrew this one bulb and then um, everything else goes off um, and you forget who you are. And so you 
are able to screw that back in. And then after a while, you start making money. You feel better about yourself as a father, better about yourself as a provider. And then you were you are reminded how much more uh, worth you have that you've forgotten. And then all of that joy comes back when you're able to feel so secure. So it's really easy for someone else to tell you, like, while you're in the midst of a year-long depression, oh, just cheer up. But, like, uh, you would have done that if you could have. Like, good idea. <laughs> exactly. But, but, like, I would have flipped that switch if I had it. Um, yeah. There's, there's always some some catalyst that's got to be turned on um, to get us out of our patterns. Um, so I fully understand. My, my like, uh, really, really depressed um, – spans had to do with breakups always uh, i had i had two breakups um and they both resulted in like a year-long depression where uh, i was like clearly it took me x many years to find this person let's say i met someone in 2000 first girl was in 2003 so i was like so i was what 25 i was like it took me 25 years to find someone who would date me it's gonna be another 25 until i find somebody else uh, I was just so gutted and devastated. I felt alone, rejected. I wasn't good enough. I and also uh, at that point, I I think I was openly bisexual then. And then there was that thing of like, oh well, maybe maybe um, being bi is like too gay for a to have a girlfriend. And I was like, so it, there's something broken with me. There's something wrong with me. And um, just. So, uh, so defeated, so self-judgmental. Um, and it was also, well, oh God, you guys were all off at uni. Um, and I hung around OCC for a couple of years. And so, like, literally, I was friendless because everyone else had gone off to college. Um, and they had all these new friends or taking all these new classes. Um, oh, wait, you were at OCC too, right? Yeah, yeah. Right after we graduated, I was there for a couple of years. Okay, so I was there, but all my theater friends had dispersed the wind, and they're all in these BFA programs, and they're they're in New York, they're in Boston, and it's like it's it's everything that I wanted, but due to poor planning, I was not taking any theater classes, just Gen Eds, totally alone. Girlfriend just broke up with me, like. It was not a surprise that at some point I was having suicidal ideations and thinking, how can I just end this? Because I don't think I want to do this anymore. I don't see a way this will ever get better. And that's when I was like, okay, I could do the asphyxiation in the car in the garage thing. I could take too many pills. Um, Like I was ready. And how long were you guys together? Not long. We were only together for like a year. Um, and the fact of the matter is a lot of the time that I was in the relationship, like I wasn't really truly um, comfortable, but it was someone who loved me. And that made the big difference. It's like, oh my God, like someone mm-hmm. outside of myself will validate me because I sure am not validating myself. And that was the only validation that I had. And then it went away. And so I was so so needy for outside validation that even if it was just like, Hey, we're not working out. All I could interpret was, Oh, she hates me. She thinks I'm not a man. She thinks bah, 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 bah. spiral, spiral, spiral. Uh, and there's nobody to turn to and there's nothing to do. Um, so that lasts what? Oh, three to Oh four. Um, my GPA goes from being a four Oh kid in high school to, by the time that I left OCC, I had a 1.8 because wow. my studies just fell through the floor. I had nothing creative to do, so I was not interested in school, and I had no nothing to keep me happy. And so, like, I was in this, like, nihilistic standpoint of, like, what's the point? Who cares? And I transferred. I, honest to God, think I was a clerical error in getting accepted to the university I got to. And like, thank God for whoever messed up because Jesus Christ, I, I, that saved my life. Um, I got into one of the, you know, 
the better public schools in the United States, um, SUNY Stony Brook. And once I got there, that was the catalyst. That was you getting a job. That was the the depressed person who got broken up with meeting a new nice guy or whatever it is. Um, um, I all of a sudden I'm a, I'm around all these creative theater people, but it wasn't an instant fix. Like you were saying with your job, You're like, yeah, I have right. a job, but I'm still missing a lot of myself that isn't back yet. And it took me about a year of being with people that I wanted to be with and enjoying the stuff that I wanted to enjoy until I got back to that place of being me. Um, and, you know, I look at it now and what I take away, you know, we're, we're like almost different people when you're 40 from when you're 20, you know what I mean? Oh, like your brain has evolved. Um, you know, I look at, you know, I, I work so often with like, you know, teenagers and I see like, you know, these girls being like, Oh, that guy is so, so hot and so cute. And I'm like, that guy sucks. I'm like, he's, <laughs> he's a 19 year old douchebag. Like the fact that girls are ever attracted to high school boys blows my mind. Like we are clueless and don't know what we're doing. Um, and so like you just mature so much looking back. Um, the thing that has kept me out of going back to those places, because I just had another breakup in 2022. And the thing that kept me from going back down was, hey, I got through that one. And life's, life's pretty okay. Like, life's pretty killer. Um, mm -hmm. I recovered. And being able to focus just on the things that I can control and knowing that 99.9% .9 of the world is out of my control and I'm not going to fret about it. And just focusing on what I can do and knowing if I did my best. And I mean actually did my best. Not like I tried. No, I went full tilt and did everything I could for myself and then put my hands up and said, I've done everything that I can. That's a good day. That is a good day of being a human, being a boyfriend, being a boss, all that stuff. At 20, I felt like, and I think this is, this is common with especially white guys of a certain age, is like, the world should be X for me. Uh, I should have a girlfriend. I should have a good job. I should da 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 And you're putting all these expectations out that no one can meet. And then you get really pissed and you get really sad. So right. like dropping expectations, uh, not expecting anything of anyone. Um, and just knowing you have such limited control and being flexible um, has helped me out so much, um, you know, because I, you know, I take these bad boys for my anxiety and depression. But what that does, it doesn't like turn me into like a happy person instantly. What it does is it gives me the clarity of mind to be able to be flexible, to be able to have the motivation to get up in the morning. Um, and using those tools, it, the, 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 the way that I put it is like meditation, stoicism, working out and a good diet are the tools in my toolbox in that locker, but I can't open that locker without these. So like, I know what works for me, but medication gives me the presence of mind to be able to access those tools. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and it reminds me and, and full disclosure, I mean, I've been, I've been sober, I've been alcohol sober yeah. for since 2009. So wow. third, yeah. So what going on since March or March 9th of 2009. Was that like 13, so, 14 years? Yeah. Almost 15 years. Wow. Uh, now, Lately, I've been since since all that chaos went on. I'm a little yeah. bit more Cali sober, but only because of the anxiety. Yeah. The anxiety from last year. I needed a little bit yeah. more assistance sleeping. So, yeah. from a holistic standpoint, I I just take cannabis at night to to help me go to sleep. But I do. But but it's it. But like you talked about, when you talk about the control and and the 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 
you know, and the 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 not the the picking up the phone and the 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 depression and and yeah. the the outlets and everything and and not having that control and that is what I had to. It took me a year, but that is eventually what I came around to is 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 coming back to that understanding of yeah, I'm applying to all these jobs and yeah, I'm pissed about all this and yeah. And eventually like, because for, for months I was angry with that, the, the, you know, the guy that owned that company and, and and it got to the point where like, even, uh, uh, yesterday I was, I was on the phone with my old business partner because he and I still keep in touch. And he was like, he was like, you know, I've been always wondering of, of looking up this guy and seeing if his business is still around. And I'm like, dude, I don't fucking care anymore. I'm like, I haven't, I haven't looked up. I don't want to give him that power. Mm -hmm. And that's some of the stuff I learned when I was getting sober. And, and that's, and that's what these type of podcasts are. One of those outlets of picking up the phone when we were getting sober, it's one of those things when you're in that dark place, you got to pick up the phone. And that's one of, that's one of the things that I'm starting to do is pick up that phone and yeah. just say like, Hey, I'm tired of hey, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah, it's right. just, it's, it's one of those things. And like what you were talking about with, with your, your, your more recent breakup yeah. where you're like, look, I've been through this shit before. And it was like, and now how to handle it. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing was I had, I'd never been through something like that before. I mean, I, there, there have been times, even, even when, when my oldest, uh, when he was a, when he was younger, I was unemployed and, you know, I, I had lost a job and I had lost a job for a few months, but times were different back then. I mean, this was, that was back in 2011 mm. and times were different. I mean, I mean, cost of living was cheaper you know things were a heck of a lot different back then and and so it was the feeling was a lot different than now and and the way that I lost my job back then was different than having a business closed down and being screwed over by to the tune of sixty thousand dollars yeah. Like, and having our life savings being taken away from us and having no, like, like the, the differences are completely different. So this was something I had never experienced. So I was just like, dude, this is complete chaos. Like I have no idea what to do. And so for me, like it took me a lot longer, you know, it was almost like your first breakup where it was yeah. like, Dude, I just have no idea. And so, and, and it's one of those things where we live in a world, thankfully now with a lot of podcasts and social media outlets and a lot of different ways to help people who are just normal like you and I yeah. to hopefully say like, hey, look, you and I are not big celebrities. We're not big people, but- yeah, we are just as normal as probably ninety nine percent of the population out there. Ninety nine point nine percent of the population out yeah. there who have gone through a breakup or lost a small business or have gone through some of these emotional situations and there are rough patches and you may need some sort of medication or some sort of, but it's okay. Yeah, it, it, it's okay to go through that shit. It's okay to 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 take that. It's normal. Absolutely, you have all these different stigmas out there, and and the celebrities or 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 politicians or yeah, right. religious people are out there like peddling like, well, if you take this, then you're well, there's something wrong with you, and it's yeah, like, right. no. There's nothing wrong with you. Totally. Because right. 99.9% of the population, there's a huge chunk of us that go through it and that do that. So So when when you were in that depression, what what kept you from from reaching for alcohol? And were you were you ever tempted? Um 
I really wasn't. What what kept me from reaching for the alcohol was um, continuity. I had gone through. I mean, I mean, like I said, I'm coming up on 15 years. Yeah. And by that time, when when everything really went down, I think by that time I had had about 13 and a half years, and I had I had gone to enough meetings and I had enough mm-hmm. people um, in my Rolodex if I needed to reach out and. I had I had gone through the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and yeah. you know yeah they're they're really big on anonymity and you know a lot of them have issues with you know talking about going through the rooms and stuff like that but yeah. you know it's part of my life story so yeah you know I'm I'm open to talking about it but it's I built enough um mental uh, and, and, and physical and, and emotional strength that it just never even crossed my mind. It was never something, you know, it was never something that was, that, that was like, Hey, you know, I need this. Like, yeah. and, and it was, it was also, I mean, first and foremost, it was always my kids. Yeah. Um, they have never all three of them have never seen me drink. Um, I got sober uh, about a year and a half before my oldest was born. And so none of them have ever seen me drink. And the, yeah. and the, what it has allowed me to do is um, I was always fortunate with even the business that I had is I've been there for everything. I was there for the first, I was there for the birth. I was there for the first roll. I was there for wow. the first word. I was there for the first crawl. I was there for the first step. I was there for the first wow. of everything for all three of my kids. And I remember vividly the first of the, everything for all three of my kids. Wow. I miss certain things that are school related, yeah. but that's because the schools are now in positions where they don't have those certain things. like. For example, today, my my oldest got honor roll for middle school, but they don't have. It's not like back when we were younger, where they have a big assembly where all the parents right. go. And so I wasn't there, but it wasn't by choice. It was because right. they didn't have an assembly for that. But I was the first. I was the first to know about it. Yeah. I followed it religiously, and I told him. <laughs> hey, you made honor roll. So it's like it it's stuff like that that yeah. that I'm very conscious of that put me in the position and even like I said with the the taking the cannabis at night and stuff like that it's yeah. like I don't take it until uh, until the evening and it's and it's when everybody's wound down and it's the stuff like that. So even then I'm very I guess you can say uh, addictive conscious of it. Yeah. So I don't, it's never in excess. It's never, if I'm going out, it's never in that. I, I'm very focused on all of that stuff because one of the tools that I learned through all the times that I went to meetings and all the times I went through all that stuff was um, on the daily. And I, I even do this, you know, consciously day after day after day as I always remember the shit that I did when I was out there drinking and partying and yeah. doing all that different stuff and I never want to do that and I never want my kids to see me do stuff like right. that and because of that reason that's always number one in my life yeah and because it's number one in my life I'm like hey that's a non-starter no matter how wow. bad shit would get yeah. No matter how bad stuff life is, yeah, it's never for me. It will never get bad enough that I would allow my kids to see me that way. Yeah, and so so that doesn't even cross my mind. Wow, uh, wow. Uh, so if 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 you could look at Brandon, uh, six months ago when you were in like the, the depths of this 
Is there anything that looking back now you you would offer words to Brandon from six months ago? It'd probably be the hang in there. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things. That's the frustrating thing about depression and 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 going through something. I mean, like through breakups and stuff like that. And you know, it it's tough because like like one of the things I hated about like going through and, and learning how to how to deal with with sobriety and, and staying through that you learn little cliches and stuff like that and the biggest right. one is like this too shall pass and I'm like I hate that fucking saying but it's <laughs> it's a true saying it this too shall pass and it sucks it's a shitty saying and it sucks and it sucks and it sucks but it's true you know and and it's the same thing monetarily right like I talked about with the, the certain things that could potentially help us. I have to wait a couple of days before TurboTax has filled out the certain things so I can fill some things out and then get yeah. it through. And I'm like, I'm anxious because I want them to finish the stuff today, but it's like, yeah. I can't. And it's just like, it's frustrating. You just have to go through it and eventually the universe will turn itself around and it's just it's one of those things that in life and and i started like probably about four or five months ago on tiktok i started following this guy gary v i love gary v and it, it, it and it's really trippy. Like I've seen, I had seen little things about him, yeah. and then one of the things that really made me want to follow him was he was doing a speech, and he was taking some questions, and he took questions from this guy that was like, had to have been like he had to have been like fifty five, fifty six years old. Wow! And he stood up and he asked his question, and he said, "I'm in my mid fifties." I just lost my job. I can't get anybody to hire me, but I've always wanted to do, and I can't remember what, what it was, but he said, I've always wanted to do this. And so he's like, Gary was like, well, do it. Yeah. And he's like, but I'm 55 years old. And he's like, so what? You still have a good 30 years left if you live yeah. Based on the average years, you still have a good 30 years left. Go do it. Spend your last 30 years doing something you love. Yeah. And I was like, he's right. You're never too old. And, oh, my God. It, it's and so it was funny just like, it was when, trippy to think about that. When we were in high school, I mean, remember how old 30 seemed? When we were in high yeah. school, 30. Oh, my God. And then you get to 30 and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and then you get to 40. I just turned 40 last last summer. Um, and I'm like, oh, 40. I still feel very young. Um, and then I hang out with 20-year-olds. I'm like, oh, I'm not that young. Um, but then, <laughs> like, I look at, like, 60 or 70 and I'm like, there's so much time. There's so much time left. Oh, yeah. And like you are the one who is capable of saying I'm too old or not. And like, right. whatever you say is correct. Like if you decide I'm too old to do anything, then you're just going to live out your last 30 years being an old man and yeah. being grumpy that you're not doing the thing that you want to do. Um, yeah. For me, a lot of my anxiety and depression comes from when I'm not doing something that I want to do. Uh, right. And then, like, the only way to solve it is to do the scary thing that you want to do. And every time you do it, like, you come out the other side, and it's fine. And you feel better about it. But it's scary embarking on something that you've never done before. It's what gets you fired up. It's because, oh, my God, it's new, it's scary, and I did it. Um, and it's what can get you through that threshold of anxiety. Um, so, yeah, like, the the older I've gotten now the more I'm like, I can do anything. Like I, I, I could do anything that I want. 
Um, but it takes, for me, constant kinetic motion. Once I get comfortable, that's when I begin to ossify and just like turn mm-hmm. into a fossil. Uh, the, the more that I stay in motion and do scary things and put myself out there um, to where everything has less gravity, um, it's, I'll, I'll, I'll try this, I'll try this, I'll try this, I'll try this. Never done it. I'll, I've never done this before. I'll try it. And like something will stick. But if you stay in your comfort zone, you're never actually going to want to walk out of it and make yourself happier. And so that's why I always try and stay out of my comfort zone because I know that I won't get stuck. Um, but it takes foresight and it takes discipline to do that. And I've always grown up with the idea that discipline is like, I will discipline you. Like discipline in my mind was always a bad word. But now to me, it means like a commitment to happiness for myself. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's the thing. And that's, that's like the key to mainly the podcast is I've met, I've always wanted to do it, especially for like the past, like four or five years. Mm-hmm. And my mantra for the past 15 years has always been a quote that I have no idea where the hell I heard it, but a quote that I've heard has always been the only failure in life is not trying. And I've always wanted the, the past four or five years, I've always wanted to do a podcast. I've always wanted to do it. And when that, that month or so after all this shit went down right at the end of 2022, I really took that to heart. Like, is, is it me? Right. My internalized, like, am I the failure? And, and I took that internalized it and really broke me internally. And it, it shied me away from taking those chances. And yeah, like I did, I started, and I'm sure you saw it on social media a little bit, like I started the cookie thing a little bit, but I didn't really get out there and do it because I made good cookies. People liked my cookies, but I didn't believe it myself. And if Mm. you don't have that belief in yourself in any way, shape or form, it, it doesn't have to be a belief that you make good X or that you are a, but that you have a bubbly personality or that you're outgoing or it just has to be a belief in yourself that what I'm going to throw caution to the wind and I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to do. That's the only belief you really need to go out there and do whatever you want to do. And if you're missing that little piece, that was it. And that was that, that was that piece that, that I shied away from. Yeah. And it was right in the first of January that I was like, believe or not, like I'm getting older and, and I don't want to be 50 and look back and be like, dude, 10 years ago, I wanted to do this and I never did it. Mm-hmm. And so I want to do that because we don't know, like this world is changing, which yeah. brings me to a question for you. It, when you're, you know, when you talk to your students, when you're doing, you know, the yeah. college auditions and stuff like that, and you're talking to to friends and family and, and, and your students about that type of mantra. What do you think, you know, how do you kind of really kind of push them to take that, you know, take that, really take that to heart, knowing how scary the world is, this country, forget the world, how scary this country could be a year from now. Yeah. And, you know, prep them for, hey, you know do stuff now because a year from now right this country could be completely different i will say with a lot of gen z they are just like already despondent um 
they are already like the world's on fire. So who cares? Um, I feel like because they have nothing to lose, they're a little bit more confident. Um, they are like, there's no risk of the world getting blown up. The world got blown up. So like, whatever, like they, they already don't have anything at stake because they're like, I will never be able to buy a house. Um, I don't think I want kids because, uh, it's, it's, um, just too impossible. Um, I don't think I'll ever find a job. So like, let's just go like have fun. And so like, there's a certain amount of confidence, like who's going to stop me? What's the worst that can happen? This, because like I'm already living in this. Anything else is up. So that's an me, interesting take. Yeah. So like a lot of our Gen Z is like, well, I can only go up from here. That's an interesting take. Have have are any of them? Because I know I know a lot of them. Because you you deal with a lot of, um a lot of the Gen Z that are trying to, to move into the acting world. Yeah. Right. Um, are any of them involved with the um, political or religious landscape as well? Or is it more just, Hey, I just want to do more acting. Yeah. A lot of them are um, involved uh, politically and religiously. And the ones who are involved politically, um, I I am very uh, ad I admire their civic uh, engagement, but I also see them working so hard to change stuff and getting mad about stuff that that they can't change. And I'm like, I don't want you to get burnt out um, um, because it's. It's like watching cable news 24-7. Like, you're just going to walk away angry. Um, like we and used to. So, right, right. And so, like, um, some of the more politically charged ones do get rah, so fired up that the world isn't as they think it should be. Um, the, the religious kids, um, it depends on their political leanings. Like, if they're politically leaning right they're like oh the world's pretty great um like i go to church i'm saved yada yada it's great and the political leaning left religious kids are like why aren't we following god's will about being good to each other this sucks uh so they're a little bit more like outraged again that the world isn't as they think it should be um and one of the big things i started doing for myself about two years ago was i only limit to myself about 10 minutes a day of looking at the news because it's just information that you get of here's something that you can't change. Uh, and here's, and here's why you should be outraged about it. And then you're, I, I was carrying, you know, this, these, these feelings like, rah, rah, rah. so like I can get my day's news in five minutes and like, cool, I'm informed. And now I won't read any more else about it because I'll just be mad about it. And it's taking yeah. my focus and my ability to impact what I can away from me and it's diverting my attention. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it's pretty much the same. I'm really big into the sports news. I'll do the yeah. sports news all day long. Political. I really try and, I mean, my wife, she'll have it on in the room yeah. um, on a consistent basis. I, she tunes out, which is interesting. Like she'll have it on for hours on end and I'll pick up little bits and pieces and ask her about it. And she'll be, I, I, I haven't been paying attention, <laughs> uh, which is good for me because that means that, Hey, I don't have to have a debate or anything, yeah. uh, but it, it's same for me. I remember there, there was a good four or five years where it was just, yeah, I mean, you and me both. And and I yeah. think like there was a group of us that, that it was just, yeah. it was so crazy that it just, it burnt me out. And I was just, yeah. I was done. So it was the same. I think I'm a little bit more than about 10 minutes. I think I might be about a half hour a day, Yeah, but it's not, it's not to the tune. I mean, like you said, it, it it's not, it's not to the tune of listening with an intent of doing something about it. Yeah. It's just like an informative. 
oh, hey, what is going on today? Yeah. Or who did that? Oh, okay, great. Click, turn it off, turn it to something yeah. else. You know, I've even had if to it's be something... mindful of everything that I intake now. And like, mm-hmm. I, I don't eat 10 cinnamon rolls because I know I'll feel like shit afterward. But I didn't right. make the same connection that like, if I watch the world on fire for four hours a day, I'm going to feel bad. I didn't make that connection. And so it took me a long time to be able to realize that what I was consuming, either reading or watching, was going to affect my mood and affect what I could do and affect my, you know, my ambitions, my, my, my mood. Um, the one exception to this rule that I have that I will follow until I'm blue in the face, screaming, crying, yelling is Angel's Twitter, where I will just go down this rabbit hole where I'm like, let me see every post where they shit on our, where they shit on Artie Moreno. Now let me see 10 more. Now let me see 10 more. I do that with Red Sox baseball all day long. <laughs> I, I, and I, I follow and I have, I, I have now even built a following of people who even I have gone so far as to build a following of people who write for Red Sox baseball. I have gotten so involved where now there are people who write for Red Sox baseball that follow me because I have gotten so involved in some of those back and forths because the way that the Red Sox are treating the team now after last place, three of the last four years has it has definitely become a frustrating for both our teams. I mean, so, I, um, like every article that comes out each day of like who's had the best and the worst like improvements, obviously it's like the Dodgers and then everyone else. Um, but like it's it, – it, so like I wasn't surprised that the Angels like didn't make any moves because Artie Moreno sucks. But I have been shocked at how quiet the Red Sox have been. Um, oh, yeah. And what makes me crazy about that is like the Angels are like a mid a mid tier team. So I'm like, eh, well, you don't expect much. But the Red Sox, I'm like, you're the Red Sox. What are you doing? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and then they, then they came out like the chairman of the Red Sox came out and they're like, oh, we're gonna go full throttle this off season. And then the GM came out and he's like, we need to get two starting pitchers. We need to get a right handed power bat, and we need to get. And we need to get like something else. And then all of a sudden there's like nothing left. And and we're like, hey, what happened to the full throttle comment? And he's like, oh, I meant full throttle in like, in like, we're going to be dedicated to figuring out how we're going to improve this team. And we're like, that makes no sense whatsoever. (laughs) But okay, dude, whatever. And yeah, so it's it's definitely been a, a frustrating off season for both our teams. So man, I understand. But, I, um, I'm I'm getting ready to to put on my occasional Dodger hat, and then once the um, once the A's move to here to Vegas, I think I'm going to have to become an A's fan too. Yes. Well, my middle son, my middle son has always loved the color blue. And so this offseason, he is very happy because he is a Dodger fan. And <laughs> so he is super happy. Good Needless to say, my oldest has fallen in line with me. So he <laughs> and I are unhappy. And we'll just see where this season takes us. We'll just watch old videos of, uh, of Johnny Damon, uh, Ted Williams. Yes, I, I do have... I do have the, the, what is that? The ESPN 30 for 30, four days in October where we came yeah. back and, and beat the Yankees in Down 2004. Like zero, zero to three games, yes. right? I do have that as a favorite on Hulu. So I do watch that over and over. You know, they say people with anxiety rewatch things because they know the outcomes and it makes yes. them feel comfortable. Hey, yeah, I'll take that all day long. <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a 50% chance that at any time I'm doing laundry, one of the Avengers movies is on. <laughs> that I've seen 10 times. <laughs> Sometimes it does bring people like us comfort. <laughs> That's right. There's uh, nothing right. wrong with it. Uh, okay. Man, I love talking with you again about this. And Likewise. I, I, 
I think it's so good what you're doing and it's so beneficial uh, for for folks to hear, like you said, about the average average folks who are going through this that aren't talked about enough and what they can do during and after um, getting out of a tough place and being in a tough place. So like kudos to you for doing this. I think you're doing likewise. And, and thank you for being on. And awesome. all righty. Hi, man. Take care. Cool, dude. Appreciate it. Okay. Bye. All right. We'll talk to you soon.